Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Knute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll get a hog market update from Tyler Fulton. Also, Cereals Canada President Cam Dahl will stop by. And at first, in today's country comment, we'll get an update on what's happening with Manitoba farmers with disabilities. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Manitoba farmers with disabilities will be shutting down its operations. I got the details from Chairperson Don Minnie. We had our annual meeting in October in uh, Portage and uh, with our members uh, uh, gathered there. And we've had to uh, do some soul searching and have come to the uh, conclusion uh, through the to the membership that uh, we are no longer viable as an organization due to the decline in membership. So it was voted at our annual meeting to uh, proceed with the dissolution of Manitoba Farmers with Disabilities. When will this be complete? Well, that's uh, um, it's a process because you have all the legalities to go through. We sold our building in Elm Creek in April, so... Um, uh, that was one of the the stepping stones we had to had to do, and then uh, now with the org, um, the membership agreeing uh, with the dissolution, it's in uh, going through lawyers and through the accountants to all the proper pros- procedure with uh, Canada, Revenue Canada with wh- how you dissolve a, an organization. Now, I guess going forward here. Um are, are there other groups who are doing some of this work, or where can people find resources? Well, um, Workplace uh, Manitoba is developing a safe farm aspect uh, in their under their organization, and so that's where some of our ideas of farm safety has, is now going towards. Uh, the Progressive Safety Day camps are still being hosted, uh, and if... Um, uh, our members, if they're still interested, or past members, if they're interested in helping out with the day camps, they are doing so on their own, um, uh, th- their own will. And they won't be associated with Manitoba Farmers with Disabilities anymore. But they can still, you know, help out with those or those uh, day camps. And where we see ourselves going from here, well, we're uh, looking at establishing a. A scholarship through uh, University of Manitoba in the bioengineering department because they were quite instrumental in coming up with the uh, oh, it's a, a great big manual that we uh, we help them develop about different assistive tools that uh, farmers can use uh, you know to continue farming and uh, just to help make things easier on the farm if you've been injured. Anything else that uh, you wanted to add or? Well, we just uh, have appreciated all the help that we've gotten through our donors and sponsors throughout the years, and uh, we, you know, uh, we continue, pe- you know, continue to ask people to still, you know, if you see somebody you recognize, you know, just talk to them and uh, ask them how they're doing, and uh, you know, we want to, we uh, know that we've had children attend day camps that they now have their own children going to day camps and they remember our members being there so it's uh, really nice to hear those comments about us attending attending day camps and uh, you know that we at least uh, some of the families are taking home a message of, of safety and continue to do so so we just want everybody to be there for the the next day and the day after. That was Don Minnie, chairperson for Manitoba Farmers with Disabilities. The group has decided that it can no longer operate and will be shutting down in the near future.
A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Forward hog contract prices have been holding relatively steady. Here's market analyst Tyler Fulton. Well, forward contract prices have been generally under a little bit of pressure, but compared to the whole market, like the the broader market context, hog forward prices have been um, really very resilient. When we look at uh, what kind of declines we saw in cattle markets or, or in equities or, for that matter, other commodities like oil, Hogs have been a rock, uh, really, to put it bluntly. Fulton says cash prices are still struggling, relating to the broader uncertainty associated with the coronavirus. And the federal conservatives say the liberal government's lack of action on reopening canola shipments to China shows they don't see Canada's canola farmers and producers as a priority. Leanne Rood is the Deputy Shadow Minister for Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada. We're seeing our canola and soybean producers actually losing out on so much revenue. A uh, billion dollars is the estimate for canola. Five hundred and ninety million dollars is the estimate for soybeans. Uh, because we've just seen weak leadership from Prime Minister Trudeau on this file, where he's failed to stand up for our canola farmers and producers. And it's really just unfortunate that it took him over 120 days to even launch a complaint at the WTO. She says after China banned Canadian canola imports. They called on the Liberals to launch a complaint with the WTO, pull Canadian funding from the Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank, and to increase inspections on all Chinese imports. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Wednesday, March 11th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll have details on the amalgamation process underway between the Canadian International Grains Institute and Cereals Canada. The Canadian International Grains Institute and Cereals Canada are moving closer towards an amalgamated organization. I got the details from Cereals Canada President Cam Dahl. So these discussions uh, have been have been going on for some time, and by some time I mean about four years now. Um, but really did pick up in the last year uh, when uh, Siggy and Cereals Canada did sign a, a letter of intent to uh, uh, to amalgamate the two organizations. And and following that, uh, there's been significant work on on developing what uh, what governance might look like and what the bylaws might look like. Uh, and we're at a point now where uh, those those draft documents will be taken to uh, to members of, of both organizations for approval. Um, we're looking at those votes to be uh, to be happening um, in in mid-April. Uh, and uh, and if that's approved, then uh, then the amalgamation itself is a go, and and we'll move ahead. What are the main reasons for going through this process? I, I think if you step back and and look at at the national representation of of the the cereals industries in in Canada, I, you wouldn't start with two organizations if if you were starting with a, a blank sheet of paper. Uh, but that's not really how the industry evolved. Siggy um, uh, was was created as a, a technical institute uh, when we we had a different marketing structure, and Cereals uh, uh, Canada came about uh, when that uh, the marketing uh, structure for for wheat and barley changed. And so there there the industry has has evolved a little bit separate uh, differently than than if you would start from scratch, and and that resulted in in two separate organizations. Uh, we're really now at a, at a point where we're able to uh, to look at what is the most efficient way of carrying out uh, the work and, and 
perhaps more importantly, what is the most effective way of, of reaching out and supporting our customers? Talk a bit about um, some of the cost savings that could be seen as a result of this. There, there are some cost savings. Um, uh, the uh, the members of SIGI, for example, are all members of Serials Canada, so uh, there will be less board meetings to go to, and and of course there will be some uh, some savings in at the uh, executive level of of not having to have two CEOs, um, and you know probably some some savings around uh, administration and and things like that as well, uh, but really cost savings is is not not the primary driver. It's important, um, and there are going to be some cost savings. But the, the principal drivers really are that improving in, in collaboration along the value chain, the improvements in, in the effectiveness of the organization, um, and, and just doing a better job of, of supporting the industry and supporting our customers. That was Serials Canada President Cam Dahl talking about the amalgamation process currently underway with the Canadian International Grains Institute. Continuing on today's program, Glenda Lee Allen Wasser talks with Leslie Kelly, one of the co-founders of the Dumar Agriculture Foundation. Leslie talked about mental health in agriculture during the West Central Ag Outlook in Kindersley. There's a variety of stressors for farmers and ranchers when it comes to agriculture. There are so many stressors, so many things outside of our control, whether it's trade, markets, weather, um, succession planning, the pressures of farming, um, you know, negative public perception, animal care. Um, so many things go into producers feeling that you know, they can't seek the help or that they're going through a hard time. You actually shared some tips and tools for for producers. Yeah, there's so many things that we can do within our control to really reduce the stigma and break that silence. The first is to know the signs and the symptoms of someone going through a mental health challenge or a mental health distress or an illness. The second is to to say what you see. So if someone's going through a hard time saying, hey, I'm seeing these changes, are you okay? And the third is listening with, with a compassionate and caring voice, and then looking for those ways that you can help someone get the help that they need. Listening is really key. You never really realize just how important. Listening can really help someone get the weight of the world off of their shoulders. And you don't have to be a mental health expert. I'm not a mental health expert. But all you need, is, or all someone needs, is just an ear to listen to, to help. When someone's going through a mental health challenge or an illness, it really can prevent them of seeing the next step, of seeing the light, of seeing that hope. So just that positive encouragement and this extra support to help get them the help that they need and the help can be so different depending on what the person is but all that they really need is that extra help and encouragement to get the help that they need. A big focus when it comes to mental health is self-care and to realize that there is nothing wrong with self-care. Sometimes people look at it and say well I can't I've got all these things to do I can't be that selfish. Yeah it is self-care does come with a selfish component uh, but it really isn't, and self-care might be different for someone. It could be two minutes or it could be two hours, just depending on what, what you need. But it's really not selfish because you need to take care of you first, and then you can take a, take care of your family, and then your farm, and then your business. So it's actually the opposite of selfish. Let's talk about the Do More Agriculture mm -hmm. Foundation. Now, that really has been 
so key and yourself and and Kim and the fact that you came out and started talking about this issue and the importance of this issue has been so key to raising this conversation. Talk to us a little bit about that and the importance of that. Yeah, we started Do More two years ago with this idea that Mental health and agriculture is something that we need to talk about and if it could be a group of farmers getting together and a charity to help be a catalyst for those conversations, to help start the conversation and move the the needle in a positive way, well let's start it. And we've received so much support from all different levels within the industry, whether it's farmers and industry and associations and companies really coming up to to play with this and helping get support and resources to our farmers. So it really takes an industry effort even though do more we are trying to champion the mental health it really takes an industry to to move the needle and it really has provided tremendous support to the industry yeah we uh, just launched or two years ago launched the community fund it was a pilot project and now we're expanding it and that brings mental health first aid to communities across Canada so it provides those resources those tools those tips of things to what to look for of someone going through a crisis and what to do in those crisis moments and then how to take care of yourself. I've been talking with Leslie Kelly. Leslie is co-founder of the Do More Agriculture Foundation. Of course, she also has her blog, High Heels and Canola Fields. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Vossler. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to the farm desk at goldenwestradio.com. On behalf of Glendalee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Egg Wire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Beef and Forage Initiatives is hosting a regenerative egg event tomorrow near Forest, Manitoba. You can text 204-212-1253 to register. The Stanley Soil Management Association is hosting its AGM March 18th from 10 to 2 at the Pembina Thresherman's Museum located between Winkler and Morden. The Manitoba Farm Safety Conference is happening March 20th at the Morden Access Event Center. Manitoba Pork's AGM takes place March 25th at the Fairmont, Winnipeg. And the Royal Manitoba Winter Fair is happening March 30th through April 4th at the Keystone Center in Brandon. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon, Today we're joined by Tyler Fulton with Ham's Marketing Services. Tyler's here with a hog market update. I asked him to start off by talking about the forward hog contract prices. Well, forward contract prices have been, um, you know, generally under a little bit of pressure, but um, compared to the whole market, like the the broader market context, um, hog forward prices have been... um, really very resilient. Uh, when we know, when we look at uh, what uh, kind of declines we saw in cattle markets or, or in equities or, for that matter, other commodities like oil, um, hogs have been uh, a rock, uh, really, to, to, uh, to put it bluntly. It's, um, it's, it's a remarkable uh, development, really, that we've seen um, hog, hog futures prices so steady in in a in a market context that is seeing such uh, really unbelievable uh, un uh, never before seen kind of volatility uh, across uh, across all the sectors, um, and so 
I, th- I think that 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 bodes very well uh, for you know for the hog producers that uh, you know that have taken taken action on those forwards. And what about uh, cash markets? So cash prices um, have still struggle. They they they're not seeing any significant gains. They're not um, they're not. They they did see a, a little bit of support in late February, but um, but really have given some of those back just in the last week or so. Uh, you know, relating to you know the broader uncertainty associated with uh, associated with the coronavirus or or, or COVID nineteen. Um, and I, I think the the context is important here. What we're looking at on the on the U.S. hog supply, current U.S. hog supply, is uh, daily slaughters that are still very, very close to 2.7 million hogs. Um, that's an exceptionally large hog slaughter, weekly hog slaughter, and is the the primary reason why we just haven't seen any significant support on the on the cash market side. Um, so it's really a, 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 a an odd dynamic that's happening here. What we've got is just extremely strong demand from China um, relating to the losses in their hogs, in their domestic hog supply relating to African swine fever. Um, but uh, this really big supply of, of hogs in, uh, in North America, uh, by virtue of the fact that we, you know, we had started to build, um, build up capacity and build up hog numbers um, fairly consistently over the last 18 months. That was Tyler Fulton with Ham's Marketing Services giving us an update on the hog markets. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The federal conservatives say the lack of action by the federal liberals is taking its toll on Canadian farmers. China's ban a year ago on Canadian canola has racked up a billion dollars in lost revenue for canola producers and another $590,000 of lost revenue for soybean producers. Leanne Rude, the Deputy Shadow Minister for Agriculture, says farmers have also faced lost revenue due to issues here at home. With the rail blockade and the damage that this has caused uh, our agriculture sector across the board, and not just agriculture, but manufacturing, uh, also potash is affected. $63 million a week just for our grain sector alone is what this has caused us here domestically. She notes they're also concerned with Health Canada's move to phase out the use of Strychnine, an effective product that farmers have been using safely for decades to control the gopher population. And forward hog contract prices have been holding relatively steady compared to other commodities. Analyst Tyler Fulton says it's a different story for cash markets. Cash prices still struggle. They're not seeing any significant gains. They did see a a little bit of support in late February, but really have given some of those back just in the last week or so relating to, you know, the broader uncertainty associated with the coronavirus or or COVID-19. He notes demand from China remains strong. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.